Hello, this is Avital Hochstein. I'm sitting in Jerusalem in our yeshiva space at Hadar. Rabbi Elazar and I decided to record today, despite it being Thanksgiving in the States, and so our usual partner, Rabbi Avi Killip, is not with us. And I wanted to start by saying thank you. Thanksgiving has given us the opportunity to think about thankfulness. And I have to say, it's not an intuitive emotion in the state of things right now here. And so I'm thankful that this time of year in the States and our connection to the Jewish community and the community in general in the U.S. is giving us the opportunity to think about thankfulness and our thankfulness. So if it's okay, Elazar, I, I want to take you to the realm of tefillah, of prayer, and ask you about the role of thankfulness there for you in general. Maybe by way of opening, I'll, I'll share a thought and a story. The Jewish day, in the sense of ritual and prayer, starts with the word thank you, mode, modeani, modani. I am thankful or I thank. And actually, I think it's one of the first things I learned at the yeshiva at Hadar, that the sentence grammar there is incorrect, right? In proper Hebrew, and I think in proper English as well, we would start with I, animode, I am thankful. But actually the first word is thankful, mode ani. And whether it's an attempt to reflect how we feel, how we should feel, how we should strive to feel. Maybe it's a way of doing work on our psyche. But the Jewish ritual starts with the word, thank you. I was in a discussion this week with some colleagues, some of whom were secular, some of whom are religious. And the question was posed, aren't you angry at God? How can you pray at these times? Aren't you just furious at God? And a wonderful answer was brought up. One of the people in the room looked at the person posing the question and said, I've been pondering that question since you asked it. I've been looking inside me for that anger. And I just find it very difficult to be angry at God for something people did. And I felt it was a tremendously powerful way to look at reality and at the theological reality that we're in. And it took me back to this stance that Jewish ritual requires of me to start my day with the word, thank you, and to kind of push myself to look at the full half of the cup as every day begins. So Elazar, I wanted to ask you, where and if thankfulness comes into your prayer at all, if you have thoughts about that. Yeah, well, first, it's a beautiful story. And I um, I think I have a similar feeling. I'm not feeling the anger to God. Sometimes I am feeling anger towards myself because when I'm praying and I get to the parts of the talk about thankfulness, so the first place my mind goes to is thanks for... Um, for the fact that I'm alive. And that's hard because you're thankful for the fact that it's other people and not you. And I don't know if that's 
ethically justified to say thank you for that, but I do think that it's it's natural. I think you're saying correctly that all of us have a little bit of survivor's guilt, which we know is a phenomena and is tremendously heavy to live with right now here. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's yeah, it's that's true in general and then when it comes to the places of thanks during the prayer, so it's it's really out there. Elazar, do you have some thoughts you'd like to share about the week in general and about thankfulness in particular? So the first thing I'd like to say is that um, I think o- over the last week, the first thing I'm thankful for is we had two very special visits from Hadar faculty in New York, um, Rabbi Aviva Richman and Rabbi Ali Confer. And I'm thankful for that visit in many, many different ways. So first of all, it's just seeing these two wonderful people. And I would be thankful and having them visit us anytime. But I'm, I'm also thankful for the, the Torah and the tefillah that they shared with us. Um, we need, I think we talked about it a bit last time, that part of our situation here is that we're, we're in an extreme situation, but it's also quite routine, meaning we, we're back to day-to-day life. And that has the sort of danger of um, kind of, well, we're never going to be bored of the situation, but um, standardizing the situation, we don't have new energies coming. And when they came and they brought with them their thoughts and their prayer energies, and um, that was very, very meaningful. And I think the third thing is just thankfulness for the fact that it, it feels that you understand that it's hard to understand us without being here with us. We're very thankful for your support from overseas. And last week we talked about the demonstration, but I'm also thankful for, for that understanding that we're going through something very particular and very unique and that sometimes you have to cross the ocean and come here to feel it with us. Um, so that's, that's just how I wanted to start off by saying thanks about that. The one thing I'll add is that I think we're spending a lot of time sighing with each other and being a little bit in despair But we also limit ourselves because we need to support each other. We need to keep positive energies. And when there's a visit, maybe we're allowed to cry a little more, to sigh a little deeper. And I'm thankful for that opportunity as well. Maybe let's turn to here. Are there already things that we, and I'm giving here the challenge to both of us, are able to be thankful for, even though it's so black still and dark, are there already glimpses of things we can be thankful for? Yes. So the basic thing that I am thankful for is that it feels like the people in this country have risen up to the occasion. Meaning, we're coming from a very, very difficult year politically, and then we we were hit with a horrible, horrible blow, and... One might think that that would have caused the situation here in terms of relationships between people and people's strength to face this together. You would have thought that it might be very weak. And I feel like the, the real, it's really been the opposite way from right from the beginning. I think we saw signs of unity and love 
and care between the people living here that we really hadn't seen before. Just a week, two weeks before this whole thing started, we were in Yom Kippur in Tel Aviv where there was violence um, in, in, in the middle of uh, Habima Square or of, of Dizengoff Square um, in Yom Kippur. And two weeks later, people that were on both sides of that violence are fighting together in the front, are making packages for soldiers, are giving each other rides, are thinking of each other and doing whatever they can to support each other. So this understanding, now this understanding that we, that we have to face this together is something that I'm very thankful for even though I don't want to pinkwash it and we're still facing some of the challenges that have, that we've been facing in the last year, we can still, still feel them now, but nevertheless, it has been amazing on that side. And I, I don't want to think what state we would be in if we were not able to do that. I'll echo that thought Elazar, with a story and A reflection. So the story is um, my, my son is a very new soldier, but the first uh, week or two of the war caught him uh, with, the, with the command, I guess. Uh, he, had, he was sent up to do guard duty up north. And he left his base. He didn't have much time to prepare. He didn't know how long he was leaving for. And he just left his base. And He found himself without some basic things like clean underwear. And on the base where he was up north, there were plenty of packages with clean clothes, which supported him for the week, the unexpected week that he was away from his basic equipment. Um, and that was typical. They were along the sides of the street, many people offering cake, good wishes, a smile, lunch, and so on and so forth. And it seems that many Israelis have risen up to the occasion, as you say, to support each other, to be there with what basic needs there are. I must admit that I had a similar and yet almost opposite thought about the period that was here before, before the war started. Indeed, Israel came out of almost a year, eight months of very big tension and dispute that spilled out into the streets. And I said to myself that I'm thankful for that period of time because I think it clarified to many of us what kind of state we want here, how we want to live here, and that this place is very important to us. And there's all kinds of ways to fight for a place. You vote You go out to demonstrate, and alas, sometimes you actually have to be in war in the very narrow and tangible sense of the word. But I think the tension before clarified how important this place is, and we see another layer of the expression of that. That's interesting. I didn't, I didn't think about it in that way, although I'm not sure it actually contradicts, right? Because many times things that we... experiences challenges that we need to overcome. So it turns out that the challenge itself is what gave us the ability to, <laughs> to overcome it. But yeah, that's, that's a very interesting perspective. I'd like to point out one more thing, which is 
it's similar. It isn't exactly the same. I feel like the state of facing so much death and loss has kind of taken out of people forces of life and like trying to, to cope with it by, by bringing other energies out. So I feel it. I feel it even in the roads. We all know that uh, in Israel, it's a nightmare to drive. And uh, at least in the first few weeks, suddenly people were like smiling to each other, not honking, being patient. I, I felt it everywhere. I felt it where we were like, everyone was kind of saying to themselves, okay, if we're going to get through this, this time, we need to just let the nicer, brighter parts and energies in this world shine a bit brighter. There was also a huge wave of weddings, last minute weddings, uh, people a minute before they're going to the army or many, many weddings on army bases. Even one of our uh, alums, Rabbi Ben Mernick, uh, got married on, on his base, Mazel Tov Ben. And yeah, th that's just another example of people choosing to face this darkness with some light. I want to echo that in a more maybe specific or generational prism. I feel thankful towards the young adults around me. The young adults around me are holding so much. They're on the battlefield. They're the ones getting married. They're the ones having children. They're the ones holding both present and future optimism and life. I feel it's not a given that young people in a society accept that role. And to me, more precise, accept such a huge variety of roles that they're holding right now in Israel. I feel very thankful towards the young people around me. So I want to add that to the list on Thanksgiving. The other thought I've been having is I'm... I'm there's a Hasidic teaching that I, that I love about the, about the Pasuk. I put trust in, in your chesed, in your grace. My heart will rejoice with your Yeshua, with your redemption. And this teaching says that this, it's, it's, it's from Tehillim. And it says, what, what is David Amelech saying? He's saying that even though everything now is dark, Um, I put so much trust in the fact that one day things will be, will be better, that I'm already rejoicing. I'm already thankful to you, Hashem, for saving us, even though it hasn't happened yet. And I think there's core belief, I, belief, I think, uh, of our faith, or at least the way, at least of mine, that the world is going to go somewhere better. At some point or another. And that is where my optimism dwells from. It's from the belief that with our efforts and with Hashem's help, someday things will be better. And holding that belief gives me like an island of thankfulness and joy already inside this situation. I've, I've been very connected to this teaching for years. And this was kind of a test for it because it's harder than, and it's, it's, it's so hard to do that right now. Um, but there are, there are moments when, when I feel it, it, sometimes these moments are connected to the things that we mentioned previously about good things that are happening now that give me hope for the future. Um, and some of it is just, 
Hashem, you are the good and your mercy will never stop. You will never leave us. And trying to connect for that and being thankful for for the fact that, please God, we still have something to look forward to. Beautiful. Thank you. It's such a beautiful teaching to say that I can fashion my emotions now because I can imagine or I have a hope that the future will be better, right? That's very powerful. It takes a lot of energy, but it's also, it means that the limitation of the present aren't all dictating and that there's something beyond it. So thank you for that. Maybe I'll say one more thing I'm thankful for. Every Monday morning, we have a class here in this Bet Midrash, a Talmud class that Rabbi Jason Rogoff teaches, 45 minutes, and... I decided when the war started that I would join I would join this class. And at the beginning I said to myself it would be 45 minutes of escaping reality. Of just he's teaching something that is at least initially not connected to war and that it would be a place of escape. Torah meshivat nefesh maybe it would be a moment where Torah would be reviving and the chapter we're learning asks the question of why do we have to bless over the food that we eat? Where do we learn that from? And one of the underlying assumptions that they play around with is the notion that everything belongs to God. And so we have to do a ritual act to kind of be permitted to enjoy the world, including food. And a discussion came up this week about who do we think understands better the necessity for God? Or if I'll put it in a different way, who understands intuitively that people are not all powerful? And the two models were the farmer on the one hand versus the person who buys at the supermarket or the person who sits all day um, in the study hall, in the Bet Midrash learning, which one of those two caste types understands intuitively that for something to grow, for food to grow, you need more than just basic human power? And I guess my second level of thankfulness is not only to the fact of the class and a place to just learn and have Torah be reviving, Torah Meshivat Nefesh, but also to realize that in many realms, human power is not sufficient. And whether we think of God or nature or other types of energies and powers around us, community, there's who to lean on and not to be alone in the tremendous challenges that we have around us. Wow, that's, that's really beautiful. Just a quick thought about that. Yesterday I read an article by a Jewish-French philosopher Jean Améry. He wrote, um, um, he, he was a Holocaust survivor of, Aus of Auschwitz, and he wrote a lot around these topics. And he has an article that asks, did, did being an intellectual help me in Auschwitz? And he claims that no, it didn't help even one bit. And he draws the comparison between himself as a secular intellectual and between the people, people of faith in, in, in the camps. And he said that their faith for sure helped them because they had something very clear that they be believed in and they knew that Hashem was going to avenge them and things like that. And I remember thinking to myself, well, 
It's not exactly that. I don't think it's that. I think that there are some, you know, you, you could be a secular intellectual and still have a very strong belief in something and you can be religious and be more, more person of doubt. And, and it's not necessarily going to help you in, in that way, but there, there's something in, and that's where I connect to what you said, something in the fact that it's not just us alone in it and that there's someone to lean on, not in the sense that he's going to, necessarily rescue you from here but just in the sense that just that you're not alone <laughs> um and and i have been feeling then as well um so thank you for that thank you rabbi elazar simon for this conversation and i want again to say a tremendous thank you to our colleagues and friends who are celebrating thanksgiving first of all for visiting us and helping us feel less alone Achva, companionship and brotherly relationships. And thank you for getting us to think about how thankful we are. I think if it weren't for Thanksgiving, we would not have had this opportunity to ponder the positive at this time. 